Welcome, everyone, to the Past Control Podcast, a show where a couple of best friends talk about the latest in video games and nerd culture. Sometimes we have guests, sometimes we talk about Kirby too much. Either way, we have a new episode for you each and every week. But if you're watching this right now, you'll notice that no one else from Past Controller is here because we are having a special bonus episode uh, with a wonderful cast of folks from around around North America. Um, I didn't know what to say because of Canada, but here we are. We got it. We got there. <laughs> hey. um, you did it. We are going to be talking about Kirby, the pink puffball that we all love, since it is the 30th anniversary of that delightful little platformer and minigame and other spinoffs. We'll get there. Um, and we're going to try to do what Kirby does and inhale all of this content in, in an hour. So we'll see if we can actually pull that off. Um, but without further ado, as always, I'm your host, Brennan Groom. But joining me on this lovely is today Wednesday? I don't even know what day it is. This Wednesday evening, joining us for the first time. You may know him from his shows, The Left Behind Game Club and Cutscenes, among other things. The wonderful, the Canadian. He actually like the the Canadian. There's no other Canadian. It's, this is the. I Canadian. heard you were Canadian. <laughs> uh it, it's the jury's still out. I've never done a like. What is that? Twenty three and me, or what is the one that's like? Is that what that is? Did I just did I just make I, something? I don't really up? know about that. No, no, no. That's a thing. I don't know. <laughs> there it is. It. There it is. Uh, wait, did I just say that? No, I didn't. Anyways, J <laughs> Jacob McCoy. <laughs> Jacob, how Hello. are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. Let's talk about the pink suck boy. That is Kirby. You love it. Well, since this is your first time here, why don't you give the folks listening or watching kind of the the little quick pitch on who you are. Yeah. So hi, my name is Jacob. Uh, I make content on the internet. Thank you so much. No, but I, I host shows about video games. Uh, one's called Left Behind Game Club, video game book club podcast. We try and be positive, funny, and informative about games. And then Cutscenes is a seasonal uh, show about video game movies and TV. And uh, funny enough, Matt is actually the narrator uh, uh, phone voice for our show. So uh, it's great to be here. Thank you. I did not know that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you, want, um, you want a sample of it? You want it? Yeah. Yeah. Hit me with a sample. Cutscenes, a video game movie podcast. He did it. That's, that's <laughs> really good. Yeah. I just reacted like Tom Holland when he found out that the uh, movie phone lady. Anyway, internet. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Kirby. We're off to a great start. <laughs> Next up, joining us, you may have seen their work on Shack News most recently or the crazy memes they post on the Tetris Twitter account. That one person who loves indie games more than I do, Morgan Shaver. Morgan, how are you? I'm good. It's Wednesday. I'm uh, I'm awake, so good. Very okay. good. Okay. All right. I'm I'm on board with that. I've had to have extra. I had a late night coffee to well espresso oh, four shots dangerous. to get it going, and now my second kombucha because I need to keep the <laughs> keep the gut health going, keep the good vibes going. And rounding us out, when he's not DJing or hosting 18 different shows like Reignite or Fun and Games, the one, Matt, a.k.a. DJ Stormageddon. Matt, how are you this evening? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I'm a diehard Kirby fan. Uh, there's incredible irony in the fact that Jacob is the guest on Fun and Games Kirby Retrospective, which we recorded this past Sunday, but due to backlogging, won't be out till like way after this. So time travel's fun. Well, that's just another reason to you get this episode, and then you get to listen to Jacob's opinions change from exactly. this to that. You get to you get to compare the two. Exactly. Um, well, it's lovely to have you, Matt. You're apparently going for the 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 2022. Like, I'm going to be on all of the retrospectives special episodes that we do. So, 
I'll take it. I, 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 you know, you just, I mean, it helps that two of my favorite video game franchises in history, Metroid and Kirby both got games. So like, I would have never expected that in a million years and to have them back to back years. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh yeah, Metroid was last year. Never mind. You only got one this year. So we'll see. I'm sure we'll we'll find another. We'll see what else happens. We'll We'll see what else happens. (laughs) But before we get into it, uh, some quick housekeeping. The PTC Movie Club pick for April was Mike's pick and it is Ex Machina. I don't know what that movie's about. I never know what the movies are about. So, so good. So good. Such a good movie. So if you care about that movie or have never watched that movie, feel free to watch that movie in the month of April. And the last episode that we record in April will be about Ex Machina. So there is that. Um, anyways, before we get into it, I figure, I feel like a, a common icebreaker, not even just on Kirby podcast, but out there is, if Kirby ate you, what would you be? Like, what power would, would Kirby get? And I feel like you can still answer that if you want. But that one's been asked a lot. So I wanted to just go with something a little different, which was, what is everyone's favorite Kirby ability if you have one? Ooh. If anyone has one off the bat, they can go first. I mean, it's so tough, right? There's been so many over the years. I think, I, and I said this on, on Funny Games, so I'll keep it here. My favorite ability is a recent one because of the hat he gets and the vibes he gets. So there's a whip ability in the later DS and 3DS Kirby games. And uh, and most recently in Planet Robobot, which I only recently played, and he gets a little cowboy hat. He's got a whip. It's really fast. It's got like Castlevania vibes. Like I'm into that. So okay. I think right. that's my all time favorite. All right, Morgan, do you have a favorite ability? Um, most recently after playing Forgotten Land, I've really had uh, like the ice ability grow on me. I like that he can skate around. Mm-hmm. I like that he can freeze enemies and then throw those frozen enemies at other enemies. I think that that's really funny. Um, and then I guess a close second is like the UFO Kirby because yeah, it's just okay. strange. Yeah, oh. so good. Jacob, uh, I I first like to answer your question about what ability Kirby would get if he absorbed me, and it would be depression. But uh, beyond that, yeah, uh, mere <laughs> so we all give Kirby the same ability. If <laughs> yes, Kirby exactly. swallowed all three of us at the same time, what would happen? We don't. Want to. If it was Kirby sixty four, he would get in there. Yeah, there it is. Uh, my favorite ability is mirror because I don't. I just don't count. It's I'm fine. sorry. Your your favorite ability was what? Is is mirror? Uh, oh, it's in Kirby okay. Superstar, and I think one other game. But I just appreciate how it's almost like the skating ability, Morgan. But it, Kirby just moves like really, like almost like Moonwalker esque, but or like Michael Jackson Jackson esque, but sideways. Uh, mm-hmm. and then got a really cool like block sphere. So mirror's mine for sure. Mine is probably very basic, which is the sword. I just, like, I love Zelda. He gets a little hat, looks a little bit like Link. It's it's very hard to not love that. The third upgrade for that in Forgotten Land is so good when I didn't know that that was what it evolved into, and it was it made me so happy. But then to really do something a little bit different, I'll say I also really love the wheel ability that first yeah. shows up in adventure because you just turn into a freaking wheel and that's ridiculous. <laughs> and I, as a kid, I loved that ability. Cause like you just zip, you just go like, it was just, it was, it was so stupid and silly and I loved it. So I'll, I'll say the wheel because I don't want to be basic. <laughs> um, so Kirby has a lot of games and we don't have a lot of time. So what I figured is we will go through the games chronologically, uh, release wise and if people feel strongly or or not strongly about stuff, we chat about it. And if they don't, then we can quickly move on to the next game. Um, 
And when we get to the game, unless did everyone's was everyone's first Kirby game Kirby's Dreamland or no? No. Mine was. Most, uh, I think mine was Tilt and Tumble first, and then it was Dreamland. So okay. Good. So when we get to the game that was your first game, let's we'll talk about that experience as well. Um, so without further ado, Kirby's Dreamland released for the Game Boy August first, nineteen ninety two. We're gonna do North American release dates just because for a lot of early games there are different dates for every region, and I figured we'd just keep it easy, keep it all North American, um, since that is where we all are. So Game Boy August first, nineteen ninety two. It did get re released for the Nintendo three DS in two thousand eleven with a remake, but we'll get to that at some point. So Kirby's Dreamland, the beginning. Matt, your first time with Kirby. Yeah, so, and what's funny is, and it's a fun fact that I told on my own podcast too, Kirby is one of the few Nintendo characters to make his debut on the Game Boy. Most characters debuted elsewhere and then came to the Game Boy, but Kirby launched on the Game Boy back in that faithful year. And yeah, uh, I was in public school still, because I'm old, please don't do the math. Um, And uh, a friend of mine, and I quoted him. Are you older than me, man? Yes, I am. We've been through this before. I did not know that. We've been through this before. I'm an 83 baby. Well, I did not know that. Yeah. But yeah. you listen, you, the way you carry yourself, you do not feel like you are that age. But well, age is just a number. You. Anyway, it's, it's curvy. just a number. That's very, you're very sweet. Enough of the compliments. Um, no, but uh, I, I was in public school, and I accredited a friend of mine that I still talk to who I think listens to a lot of the stuff that I do. So he'll correct me if I'm absolutely wrong. But I believe my friend Matt, yes, because I had friends also named Matt growing up. Uh, it was a common name in Staten Island, I guess, uh, was playing a game on his Game Boy in class, even though he shouldn't be. And it was a, this little round ball jumping around, eating other enemies. I was like, what is this? He's like, oh, it's Kirby. You want to try it? And I tried it and fell in love with it. And so like, I begged my parents to get me a Game Boy, and they finally did. I don't remember how, whether it was a used one or whatever else. And the first games I got were Tetris, which I know Morgan will appreciate, and because mm-hmm. they all came with it, uh, and and Kirby, and I played Kirby obsessively. I love this game so much. Uh, it it's weird to me, and I think this happens with a lot of folks with games when you're a kid. Like you you remember these really short arcadey games being so long and like taking forever to finish. I can knock out Kirby's Dreamland in like a half hour, forty five minutes tops. Now I replayed it on the 3DS version. Uh, very, very recently. And I just, I remember it being so much longer and like this epic adventure and it's still great and I love it, but uh, it's just, it's much more condensed than I thought it was. But yeah, it's, it's a classic. It still holds up. I think it holds up better than some of the later 18 and uh, 16 and 32 bit Kirby's just because of how basic it is. It's just to the point it's stripped down. There's no power ups, which is the only thing that I is bummed. I, I get bummed about when I replay it, but otherwise I think it's kind of a tight start to finish kind of no notes kind of game mm-hmm. i it's funny i always forget that kirby's dreamland doesn't have copy abilities until i go back and play it again i always yeah. like that part for some reason always vanishes from my brain um yeah. but i don't personally have a lot of fondness for this game like i did play it and i did have it at some point but it wasn't my first kirby game um so i think as a kid when i did discover it i was kind of always like well, how come Kirby can't turn into this or do that or whatever? So I, I think I had a little bit of weird resentment of like, but my NES Kirby is so much better. Um, <laughs> does anyone else have anything else to add for Kirby's Dreamland? Damn, Matt, everyone said, fuck Kirby's Dreamland. They said, fuck, fuck your childhood. 
it, it's it's far from my favorite Kirby, but it is mm-hmm. definitely the first one. Yeah, it it is it is good for what it is, and I mean, and, and it obviously introduced and established uh, what is an iconic game franchise and character going forward um and a lot of interesting history behind it where the design for kirby wasn't even necessarily the original design and it was a placeholder and then it yep. eventually stuck and stayed uh kirby was initially supposed to be pink but because of the monochromatic uh palette of the game boy they couldn't add color so he's white in the first games and on the promotional materials but that all changes when we get to the next game May 1st, 1993 on the NES, Kirby's Adventure, which this was my first Kirby game. Was this anyone else's first Kirby game? Or So this is like, will, will always be one of my favorite Kirby games just simply because it it was my first Kirby game. Like it's hard, to, I think it's hard to kind of go against your nostalgia in a lot of ways. Um, it is, you know, basic in a lot of ways compared to future Kirby games, but it does introduce what becomes... Kirby's iconic uh, you know, ability, which is the ability to swallow and take other characters' abilities. Um, and I thought, just as a child, this was a game that... Like, I can see why kids now discovering games that discover Kirby would fall in love with Kirby, because it's just... it's A, it's an easy game. Most Kirby games, I would say, are easy, very entry-level. They do have depth and, and difficulty in certain games with 100%ing things, or looking for secret exits or passageways or, or looking for other collectibles in future games. Um, but it really just is, I think the, like you look at certain platformers, like Yoshi is another example of like a lot of Yoshi's platforming games are easy, but I feel like Kirby is a better balance of being easy, but also having challenge to it. Um, most of the time compared to some of those other games like Yoshi, but I love this game. Kirby's adventure is, is, I mean, it's been re-released plenty of times. It's been on almost every virtual console that Nintendo's put out. Um, I, I love this game. It's fantastic. Box art is iconic the, for this one. It's also. so good. It's yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. I, and I wish the Star the Star Rod had more use in future games because, gosh, I love the Star Rod so much. That boss Beyond battle music a... is like the best boss battle music in the history of gaming, I'd say. When it is very Nightmare. good. Yes, yeah. it is very good. That whole end sequence of fighting DDD and then fighting the 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 final two bosses are they both nightmare? It's like yeah, the circle in the sky yeah. and then mm-hmm. okay, yeah, it wow, like as a child, ridiculous, epic. Like come on now, this little pink guy is is fighting things in the stars. I love it. I don't know about y'all, but my I was terrified when I was younger because I I played the Super Nintendo games first, but then mm-hmm. went back to the Nintendo games because my parents did have a Nintendo. Uh, but it's it's crack cracko the these the the, the, oh, yeah, the cloud, cloud with the eye so oh. scary that gave me nightmares. <laughs> Amazing, I love I, that. I can I can see why. I yeah, mean, totally. it is a scary enemy. Oh man, Kirby's Kirby's Adventure is very good. I did uh, discover a uh, secret hard mode for Kirby's Adventure this year when I was streaming it. It's playing it on the shitty Switch emulator makes the game much harder. <laughs> That will definitely do it. Ugh, um, it's brutal. <laughs> that brings us to an interesting side game. Kirby's first side game, Kirby's Pinball Land for the Game Boy, November 1993. Has anyone played this or have anything strongly to say about this? I haven't played this game. Morgan, why don't you start us off? I love, I love Kirby's Pinball. Um, I had that and I also had Pokemon Pinball. and i just put an obscene amount of time into it and like also back in the day like the old windows computers had their space pinball 
So mm-hmm. anything pinball just really appealed to me in the day. And mm-hmm. I mean, it still does, but just like, it's just so much fun and it's so addicting and you just go through it. And I don't know, I put probably more time into that than I have a lot of other Kirby games just because I would keep going back to it and playing it just to pass the time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, what, what is interesting to note about this game too is that like Nintendo is no stranger to pinball games. They've made plenty of pinball games um, throughout their their time making pinball games. But Kirby was the first time they used like one of their like mascots to do like because Pokemon Pinball came out after there was a Mario Pinball game, Metroid um, Pinball, Metroid Pinball. But Kirby was the first time like they had made pinball games prior to, to that. But then Kirby was the first one to get like a mascot pinball game, which I thought was interesting. Um, this is a game I should probably go find a copy of and, and play because I do love pinball as well. And an excuse to play a Kirby game I never played is. I don't, I don't need another reason. That's that's it. Is is that one available on the 3DS or Wii U? Because I know that it has now become increasingly difficult to get games on those platforms uh, from the virtual console. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if that one is on either. Because that, to me, strikes me as a 3DS virtual console um, game. According to the notes that I took, it says it did get re-released on the Nintendo 3DS in 2012. So it must be on the Nintendo 3DS eShop. So if you're Unless it this, is in that weird ambassador package that nobody got. I have that. Yeah, uh, Brendan's got see, that. I, I can if my 3DS is charged. I don't know why my 3DS is next to me, but I'll open that while we're sitting here. Um, <laughs> but that brings us to our next spinoff, um, which is Kirby's Dream Course for the Super Nintendo, uh, released in February 1st, 1995. And then that also got re-released on the virtual console for the Wii and the Wii U at later dates. Uh, does anyone have fondness or things to say about Dream Course? Yeah, I, I loved Dream Course. I was awful at it. And since it's on the not great emulator on the Nintendo Switch, I played it there too, and I'm still not great at it. And it could be anyone's guess why. But uh, but I loved this game. It was really interesting because like it was a golf game, but it had this po- these polygonal graphics that weren't super common yet at the time. And also when Kirby rolled through certain enemies, he'd get power-ups. And it was just, it's just such a, you had to like kill a certain amount of enemies on the board to make the hole appear and then get Kirby in the hole. Uh, it, it was just such an interesting mechanic. I, I had forgotten a lot of the game's quirks until recently Waypoint streamed on their, on their, um, on their YouTube and Twitch channel, them playing it, Kato and Patrick Klepik playing it. And like the physics seemed maddening in mm-hmm. a way that I had forgotten in the later levels. I, I, this, oh, go ahead, Jacob. I was just going to say, I think I've watched more of Waypoint's streams of that than I've actually played the game. (laughs) So for me, this game, and this will be a a theme for me with Kirby, uh, is I didn't own a lot of Kirby games growing up, like when they were coming out, but that's kind of why I love the Wii Virtual Console, which I'm sure many people love for a lot of different reasons, but it was because it gave me the ability as a older person with money to go and be like, oh, I can buy this game that I never got to play. So Dream Course was one of those games that when that got added to the virtual console, I like immediately downloaded and, and sunk a lot of time into. And to what you're saying, Matt, anytime I go back to Dream Course, the mechanics are kind of mind boggling to wrap your head around at first because they kind of don't feel like the way they should feel. But then once you yeah. kind of get into the groove, it kind of it kind of gets gets in line with what's going on. Um Another interesting tidbit about Kirby's Dream Course is that it was originally developed as not a Kirby game. It was a separate game called Special T-Shot, 
Um, but because of the success of Kirby at the time, uh, Hal Laboratory, they basically shelved the project to work on more Kirby stuff and then eventually went back to it and re, re kind of re redid things to obviously introduce specific Kirby mechanics um, and make it a Kirby game. So we could have got a really different mini golf game, but I'm <laughs> glad we didn't. Yeah, same. Uh, anyone else for Dream Course? That brings us to the first of Kirby's many puzzle games, which is Kirby's Avalanche, which I deleted the date for. No, I didn't. Uh, Kirby's Avalanche for the Super Nintendo on April 25th, 1995. Does anyone have thoughts on Kirby's Avalanche? Not really. I just like, want to say was... that there was like a very iconic era of uh, uh, puzzle games inspired by like characters from both Sega and Nintendo. So I mm -hmm. think of Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine and Morgan from Stealing Your Thunder here as a, as a puzzle game fan. I apologize. But, uh, and then there's Pokemon Puzzle League, which I found was like iconic. And this game I would, I would uh, carry among them. Uh, I've probably not logged as many hours on this one as I has, have Pokemon Puzzle League, uh, which I think was also, was that Super Nintendo or N64? But either way, uh, iconic. League, I think, was Nintendo 64. Iconic games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Yoshi was out at this time. And Yoshi Cookie, I believe, was also out at this time. Wario's Woods, like so many different puzzle games that they released. Um, yeah. I put quite a bit of time into Avalanche. I was never very good at it. When I was much younger, like, I don't know that I really understood the mechanics for these puzzle games, but I just, I like to see the characters on screen and I like mm -hmm. to try and make the match. Um, I feel like a, a Kirby's Avalanche like re-release on like mobile would do really well now or something. Something like that, like a Nintendo puzzle game on mobile. I'm surprised they haven't done something like that because they have so many puzzle games in their repertoire. Mm -hmm. I mean, even just throwing you know a, a new version of Kirby's Avalanche on Nintendo Online yeah. um, as a, a, you know something like Tetris 99, but Kirby Avalanche. That could be would, cool. Uh, yeah. would be very exciting. Uh, for those of you who do not know, this was also a a different game in Japan. This was uh, Super Poyo Poyo, but they, I believe, think that it wouldn't have done well in outside of Japan or at least in the United States. So they brought this game over here, and this is the only Kirby game that has never released in Japan because wow. it didn't it need to because it was a different yeah. game. Um, yeah. So. I'm surprised it never got re-released in Japan in any way. Maybe it did in some future collection or something. I'd be surprised if it really never got some sort of port in some way. Um, but I thought that was interesting. I've never played a Puyo Puyo game, though. Not even Puyo Puyo versus Tetris. I played, I've played that one. I mean, have you played Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine? Yeah, I've played Effectively Robotnik. Effectively the same I, thing. Yeah, I've played a lot of games like that. The problem is, is that, like... And I'll be careful with my words. I feel like I'm good at Tetris. I'm not like Morgan good at Tetris. I feel like I'm, <laughs> I can hold a little bit of my own in Tetris, but like Puyo Puyo style games, I'm so bad at. Like I, I can't, I can't go fast enough, and I'll get, I'll just get destroyed. Um, so that is Kirby's Avalanche, which brings us to the next game, uh, Kirby's Dreamland Two for the Game Boy, May first, nineteen ninety five. This is Kirby's return to platforming after a brief uh, little stint doing some side games. Does anyone have fond thoughts on Kirby's Dream Land 2? I hate to be the only one talking, but like the Game Boy games were like, like I loved Kirby's Adventure, but like the two Game Boy games were like 
some of the more iconic memories I have of Kirby, especially mm. since this introduced the animal companions, uh, Rick, Koo, and Kine, Kine, uh, however you say the fish's name. And like, ha- it also is the first time Kirby's abilities got diversified, where like, if you if you had an ability outside of an animal companion, it worked one way, and then if you had an, an ability with an animal companion, it worked another way. The one I'll always remember is Spark, which just electrocutes things around you. When you were in the fish, you'd shoot a light bulb, and that was just mm. awesome. I loved that. Yeah. Um, but it it it's one of my favorite Kirby games, aside from uh, some others we'll talk about later. And like it was just it. It, it it started the trend of Kirby adding mechanics that are so different, yet it doesn't ruin what makes Kirby Kirby. Like, mm-hmm. they find a way to make it work. Yeah. This was another one where I never played when it came out. I played it much later. And uh, it, I think I might like Dreamland 3 a little bit better. Um, but it, it, it did a lot of interesting things for the Kirby formula, like you said, which introduced partner partner allies. I don't know if they have, like, a like a group term that the game uses, but his, his friends, basically his animal companions, um, a very interesting, uh, twist to the Kirby series. That brings us to Kirby's block ball for the game boy, May, 1996. This is a game I have not played from what I understand is an essentially a breakout tile type of Kirby game. Yeah, Yeah, that was my understanding on it too. It is a uh, breakout for Engage. Thank you. <laughs> um, I feel like we can probably move on from Blockball. Um, yes. <laughs> another game that I feel like for a lot of people is is a top tier Kirby game, which is Kirby Superstar um, for the Super Nintendo, which released on September twentieth, nineteen ninety six, and got re released a few different times on virtual consoles. Um, this is another one of those games where I never owned this game as a kid but there were a few games and there are two Kirby games like this where I had friends who had this game so whenever I went over their house like after school or something I'd be like hey can we play some Kirby Superstar like I'd be like I don't want to do anything else like I came over because like I can tolerate you and you have Kirby can we play Kirby and that would be like and I I know those people don't listen to the show so I have no problem saying that but (laughs) Kirby in the Crystal Shards Superstar and Donkey Kong Country. Three games I never owned, but I had friends who had them, and I would always go to their house just to play them. Uh, does anyone have fondness for Superstar? I do, yeah. Um, kind of a similar situation where I didn't own the game. I played it uh, elsewhere, so um, when I was uh, growing up, my mom would like leave me at a babysitter's house, and the babysitter had teenage boys, so they had all of the, the games, and they would just let me have whatever to play mm-hmm. with, and they had Kirby Superstar, and it was such a fun game. I remember playing that one a lot and then Donkey Kong Country and kind of switching between the two. But it's so pretty and vibrant. I remember it being a standout for being like one of the prettiest Kirby games, at least at the time that I had played. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has really cool kind of, I don't know, if intricate's the right word, very interesting levels. Like there's like the cave offensive one and Milky Way Wishes. And it's just a, I don't know, it's just a really fun game. Um, and one I wish I had had so I could play it more. Yeah. But yeah, I do have fond memories of that game. It's I've so like Kirby Dream, Kirby's Adventure introduced like mini games to Kirby, like super early in this in the series. I feel like Superstar is when Kirby got to really start to shine as like we yeah, platforming, you know, core to what Kirby is, but also like we want to do all these other fun things with Kirby. And I feel like Superstar, they got to really kind of 
dabble in different types of gameplay and mechanics and and do things a little bit more you know wacky in that in that world um anybody else superstar yeah, uh, I would call this game probably one of my like two favorite games of all time. Like, if oh, you wow, had to okay. ask me, I would say either Kirby Superstar or Sonic the Hedgehog three, which I think is a bit of a controversial pick. But uh, it, to your point, Morgan, it's it's the the little things. It's the animation, uh, the little flares. Like, uh, is it Dinobird or Dinoblade? The mm-hmm. the bird and how their neck is like incredibly articulate, which mm-hmm. I had never seen before. I mean, maybe Vector Man for the Genesis, but uh, I'd not seen anything like that when I was growing up. And it's just a game that you could, you know, there are seven smaller games, really like four main games in it, that there's a progression story-wise with them. But each of them, you know, can take anywhere from 30 on Spring Breeze, which I think is another remake of Kirby Dreamland or Kirby's Adventure, or like a like a retelling, uh, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. And then, you know, uh, the final one, which I can't remember the, the final one that you play after the Great Cave Offensive, which has treasure hunting mechanics on a Kirby game. Uh, but it's it's a little bit longer, and there's that scene of you jumping on Wheelie to get off the halberd that I'll just never forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those games that really changed how Kirby worked. Also, it's also the Kirby game that introduced kissing the homies for more health, which is <laughs> it's it, it, it's you had a partner system. Uh, where if you pressed one button, you would release your power. If you pressed a different button, your power would become an ally. It, the enemy that you ate would reform as an ally who helped mm-hmm. you. And you could use that to play multiplayer. And if someone took damage and then someone got a health item, you would kiss your partner and you would share health. And it was cool. And like, I don't know, as a kid, I don't never remember anyone making a big deal about it. I feel like if that came out now, like right wing nutsos would be like, oh, they're kissing. Like, it, it's because it's just it was just a thing it was just how this world worked and, mm-hmm. and it was and it was neat and i think also the diversity of the powers were unlike anything we'd ever seen and morgan's right like i've loved the sprite work in probably every kirby game but there was something about the vibrancy of the super nintendo sprites and how bright they were and how they popped against those backgrounds like like i mean forgotten land which we'll get to is gorgeous but like i think the earlier sprite work and like the sprite work in the game boy advance era you know, were unlike some of the sprite work we've even seen to date. Mm-hmm. I will say that I, the Samurai Kirby minigame and oh, the Megaton yeah. Punch minigame, like, to, like, as recent as, like, well, before COVID, like, in recent years, like, friends would come over and be like, all right, we got to play, like, we got to, like, have a quick little session of, like, who who is going to win in these game modes and, and have, like, a good like like hour or two of playing those two game modes because they're just like stupid fun. I love them so much. Gourmet race is is oh, not yeah. doesn't have a lot of replayability, but like it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. This, this is a great Kirby game. I would love to see them do like not a remaster of this. I think they did re-release these things in a in a package. Ultra on DS. Yeah, yeah, they remade it for the DS. I would love for them to just go the full like let's make a new superstar type of game that's just like all these different you know out there modes and and different things and i think they could really kind of especially after seeing what they were able to do to kind of reinvigorate kirby for forgotten land like i feel like they could go the extra nonsensical step and and get something really cool out there uh that brings us to uh kirby's star stacker for the game boy july 7 1997 97 
Uh, I don't know if anyone has played this game or has anything to say about this game. Uh, I own this game. <laughs> oh, do you? Go have ahead, you Matt. played? I, I was just going to say. I, I have. I can, I can broadly say I've played every Kirby game. That doesn't mean I remember all of them. This isn't Fair. that I don't know that I remember it, but I know I've played it. That it was my a, comment. I own this, yeah. and I don't remember that at all. It is a <laughs> Dr. Mario-style puzzle game, from what oh, I understand. Okay. So I do love Dr. Mario, so I should maybe seek out, seek out this game, maybe play a ROM or something, because I can't imagine some of these Kirby games to find physical copies of would be cheap. So No, for sure not. Um, but that brings us to Kirby's Dream Land 3 for the Super Nintendo, November 1st, 1997. This is another one of those games where I never got to, unfortunately, play it when it came out, but when it got ported to the virtual console, one of those instant, oh, awesome, a Kirby game I never got to play, I need to play this. And... Although I don't personally love this game, I do think this is one of the like most gorgeous-looking Kirby games. I love the art style in this game so so much. Um, it brings back companions, so you get to you know, and I believe it adds more companions as well, mm -hmm. um, a few more animal friends. But does anyone have fondness or things to say about this game? No. I'm so, I'm surprised. I mean, we I, can move on. We don't have to talk about every game. But Matt and I have differing opinions on this game. Yeah, I, I was waiting oh. for Jacob to speak. Um, I replayed it recently, but I did admit. So I replayed it on stream, and I struggled with the level design. I think that could be more the fault of, like we said, the incredible emulation that the Switch has. But I will agree. Like sound and look, it's one of the most interesting and best Kirby games ever made. I feel like the level level design is subpar, especially compared to stuff that's come before and comes after. Mm -hmm. um, but I also barely played it when it first came out, and my only time really sitting with it was on the emulator. And so I think if maybe I can get either an old copy or play it on a different kind of emulator, um, I might enjoy it more. Uh, but it, I, but I agree, like the hand drawn visuals, like I love when Nintendo does that. Like it's why I mm -hmm. love Yoshi's. I think it's Yoshi's Island, no, Yoshi's Story on the N64 and like the Crafted World games and like Epic Yarn, which will get you. Like, I like, I love when Nintendo like does different things with their visuals than mm -hmm. just straight up like good graphics. I think the thing that I'll just say about it is um, this is probably like the. I started with these two Kirby games with Superstar and with Dreamland 3 and then mm -hmm. kind of worked my way back when I was a kid because uh, I'm a few years younger than, than Matt. So that's probably where I, I just wanted to throw that in there. Thanks. Um, Appreciate you're it. welcome. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I always remember is there's uh, uh, ways that you can essentially get a secret, you know, star piece for each level. And some of them are simple, uh, but there are some that like almost have their own like small sub stories to them where, you know, in one of the levels, I remember you just have to avoid crushing these like really red tulips. And if you crush even one of them, there's a kid at the end who's just incredibly sad. And if you make sure to save all the tulips, there's a moment where the child is happy and there's a tulip who is also kind of just swaying in the wind. So the little like fun, intricate uh, secrets that you can get in this game, I think were the only time that that really happened in, to my memory in the Kirby series. So this is yeah. Undertale is what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Not quite, maybe. Not quite as sinister, I don't think. But yeah, sure. Um, it's funny that you brought that up. In my notes, I had... Uh -oh. Okay, I thought my computer just froze. I had a heart attack. Um, <laughs> in the in when I was preparing my notes for this, there are a few Kirby games, and this is one of them, where there are more than one ending. Like there are multiple ending cinematics, and I, that was I did not know that any Kirby game had that. And this is one of them where I believe whatever the collectible is, is it is it Rainbow Bits or something? 
there is something you collect. Yep. And if you collect all of them, you get the true ending cinematic. Um, and if you do not, at the end, one of the companions, I think it's the fish, will like look, stop and look at the screen, and then it will say the end with a question mark. So I don't know. I thought that was really interesting for a creator. It's Undertale. Games. Got it. <laughs> it is Undertale. It is absolutely Undertale. Um, so Kirby's Dreamland 3. Anything else before we move on to Kirby's first 3D adventure? Kirby 64 The Crystal Shards, which released on the Nintendo 64 June 26, 2000. And like I said before, this is one of those games I never owned, and I had to pretend to be friends with someone in order to play it. And I'm not mad about it. No regrets. Um, I don't love this game. Like, I want to love this game, and I just don't. Yeah, this game, it's funny. I've already brought, this will be the second time I've brought up Forgotten Land, the newest game. But like, the, I thought this was going to be Forgotten Land, right? Because we got Mario 64, and that was in 3D, open world run around. And so I was like, oh, they're making a Kirby game on the N64? It's going to be the same thing. Nope. It's just this weird sort of behind the camera, like behind Kirby side slanted camera angle for most of the stages. And then like the, the like this, these weird level designs, the only thing, and, and, and Jacob reminded me of this recently, it's one of the few games that when you combined powers, you got different powers. Mm-hmm. In the later games, like if you swallow two enemies at once, you'll just get like a roulette wheel and then get a power. But in this, you could actually combine the powers, which was a cool idea yeah. in an otherwise kind of mediocre Kirby game. Yeah, I I didn't hate that it wasn't fully 3D. Like, I'm fine with it being 3D on a 2D plane for the most part. Um, I just, I didn't, for me personally, and I haven't revisited it in a long time, so maybe my opinion might change, but I didn't think the level design was that great. I did love the combo abilities where you could mix abilities. There, I don't know if it's just the base stone ability or if you have to mix it with something, but the fact that you can be stone Kirby and just walk was always very funny to me. I loved that. Um but yeah, if anyone wants to to defend or say anything else about Kirby 64, now is the time. I mean, Kirby becomes a curling stone at one point, so my Canadian heart adored that. All right, um, fair, fair. But the thing I always think about is that this game reminds me a lot of Mega Man Legends for the N64 and PlayStation, in mm-hmm. that it is like the series' first attempt to do 3D, and I think I like this game more than Mega Man Legends, but I can see the, the flaws in both. Early yeah. 3D platformers that weren't Super Mario 64. I mean, this one was 3D models, like 2D plane or 2.5D plane. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see the flaws in this one. Morgan, any thoughts on Kirby 64? Same thoughts as everyone else. Kind of mediocre. I thought the visuals, like out of all the Kirby games, I think it's the ugliest Kirby game in my opinion. It, is, it really looks bad. Like even, especially looking back at it now, I, I watched a video of it earlier and I was like, oh no, oh dear Kirby, what happened to you? Um, but this brings us to, uh, I believe Morgan said was their first Kirby game, which is Kirby's tilt and tumble for the game boy color, April 9th, 2001. And no one else should take this other than it's a little to start than, than Morgan. Um, okay. So, uh, I got a lot of my game boy color games from like secondhand sources. Mm-hmm. So Kirby's tilt and tumble was something I came across at a yard sale with my mother. Um, and I liked the cartridge, and I knew Kirby at that point. So I was like, oh, I didn't know that there was this Kirby game. What is Tilt and Tumble? Oh, the cartridge looks weird. All right, cool. So, like, getting it home, playing it. And it's so different from anything else that I had played, Kirby included. And it was so t- 
so difficult to me for some reason, like the the turning mechanics. I remember I would play it and I would get frustrated and like sh shake the Game Boy because it was just like it, there was intricate parts to it that are like definitely challenging. And mm -hmm. for some reason, I liked that though. Like it kept me coming back to it because I would like put it down, then I'd be like, okay, I think I think I can figure it out. Let's try this again. And so I really liked Tilt and Tumble. I think it's it's a weird idea. I like that Forgotten Land kind of bring back a reference to it with the tilt and roll Kirby. I'm also really bad at that. Um, <laughs> nothing has changed, but it's just it's just fun. Like even when you suck at the game, it's still kind of fun to like mess around with kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is one of those games that I missed and I'm sad that I did. Um, but this would be Matt kind of alluded to this with the with a different Kirby game, but this would be like a perfect game for them to make a new version of and put it on mobile like talking about like you want the perfect phone game this would be a fantastic game pretty much every smartphone has an accelerometer that that works you know well uh i mean the switch this well the switch's controllers have them so you can do it on the switch too but i feel like this would just be a really good game to put on on mobile i think it would it would do really well um i just looked up what a cartridge for this costs on ebay and it's not something i want to spend money on right now but this is definitely something i would need to figure out a way to play at some point because uh it looks amazing anyone else for tilt and tumble i mean it's just it's one of the it's gonna be rare that i don't open my mouth on one of these games because it's the one of the few franchises where i've literally touched everything but i think Listen, this is why you're here matt <laughs> I, yeah i guess i'm the kirby expert there are worse things to be known for i guess um but no, I think Morgan's right. Like, there was something really interesting about this weird little game, right? Like, and I remember playing, what was it called? Loco Roco on the PSP. That's pretty much this, but, like, different. Like, you tilted the, the PSP to do stuff, and there's physics. And, like, I love when, when, I don't always love puzzle games, but I love when puzzle games or games that are not your run-of-the-mill adventure game do something different with the mechanics or do something a little funky. And I remember Tilt and Tumble being of that era. A lot of Game Boy Color games, I feel like, had, like, these bigger cartridges with these weird things. Like, I, I the one I always think of is Boktai, The Sun is in Your Hand, uh, which I never played, but I've heard so much about. And is apparently a Kojima joint, which I also... A Kojima joint. It's wild. That game has a sequel as well. Yeah, gimmicked cartridges we were talking about before the show started. You know, Drill Dozer and mm -hmm. uh, WarioWare Twisted, I, Game Boy Advance. But uh, yeah, give me a gimmick cartridge more often, please, and thank you. I'm Not just when I lick my Switch uh, cartridge <laughs> and I get metrics on my, on my face. I'm trying to find a quick, correct answer without speaking incorrectly, but it looks like Kirby Tilt and Tumble was the first accelerometer Game Boy game. So like it, that preceded... WarioWare Twisted, which wasn't a Game Boy Advance game, so that that's I guess obvious. Uh, it wasn't the first like special cartridge game because I believe Pokemon Pinball came out before it, and that had a Rumble Pack. Um, but yeah, it looks like they like to mess around with Kirby. Kirby likes to be the experimental series. That's very interesting. I didn't I didn't realize that until just now. Um, that brings us to a remake of the original game, Kirby's Nightmare in Dreamland, which released in the Game Boy Advance uh, December second, two thousand two. I never played this. I didn't really like I I love Kirby. I love the first well, I love Adventure more, but I I do have a fondness for for Dreamland. Has anyone besides Matt played this? <laughs> so so yeah, uh the, this is actually Nightmare Dreamland is a remake of Kirby's Adventure, not Kirby's Dreamland. Oh, oh. 
Yeah, it is a re- completely re-kitted from top to bottom remake of the original Kirby with the sprites of the Game Boy Advance era. I think it was the first game to have those brought vibrant sprites that they use in pretty much every Game Boy Advance game after. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's the essential way to play that game. And so if you haven't played it, Brendan, I highly recommend it. I I always just assumed that it was Dreamland. And apparently my note-taking also didn't even look into it more. I was like, yeah, it's Dreamland. <laughs> or, yeah. Uh, it's Kirby's Adventure, and it's the better version. And I, li- I, li- I still play Kirby's Adventure, the original, but like this has better graphics. The music's all remixed and remastered, and the sprites are awesome. The even the opening little like vignettes from Kirby's mm-hmm. Adventure were like redone. It's it's really great. Uh, if you haven't played it, I highly recommend it, Brendan, because I think it's the way to play that that game. Interesting. Yeah, I'll look into it. And I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, remixes of the original music. Push my glasses up. But I do love the music in Kirby's Adventure, so yeah, uh, it's this has got to live up to that because <laughs> the music in Kirby Adventure is like some of the best in the Kirby series, in my opinion, and honestly, some of the best video game music. Like full stop. Like there are some very memorable songs there. Uh, like you had mentioned earlier, the, the boss music is just feed it into me, like stick that right into my veins. Um, anyone else for the remake of Adventure? That brings us to. A cult classic, which I I have a problem with this, and I have a problem I think with a lot of GameCube games. I love the GameCube. Watch your watch GameCube. your next words. Watch Listen, watch these you, next yeah, words. Choose, choose carefully. You, you, you Brian. think you think you know where I'm going, but you don't just yet. I love the GameCube, and I love Kirby's Air Ride, and I love a lot of GameCube games. When I was in high school, and the GameCube was out, everyone taught like this was like height of console wars when you're in that age, and like. Nintendo's kid system, all this stuff, like Kirby's Air Ride is one button. What is this thing? And I had to like go to bat for so many Nintendo games during that time. And like, I, I don't hate because I'm happy that people enjoy games, but like as an adult, and sometimes people are like, oh, Wind Waker's, you know, one of the best Zelda games. I'm like, not back then. Everyone hated that game. And I love that game. And it's like, it's weird to see like Kirby's Air Ride was another one of those things where I had to like beg my friends to play Kirby's Air Ride. Like, please, let's play this game instead of smash for once or whatever and i love smash too but it was always like i had to like convince people to play gamecube games with me so maybe that's why i have a chip on my shoulder when it comes to the gamecube and people looking back at it with rosy glasses now but i'm happy that it has like this sort of cult following of like this is actually a really great kirby game i wish they would port it or make a new one or whatever and i agree they should definitely port it or make a new one because this game uh is so Masahiro Sakurai is the creator of Kirby hasn't worked on every Kirby game um obviously many people know Sakurai from Smash um but Air Ride is one of the games that Kirby games that Sakurai worked on and I feel like if you kind of know a lot of Sakurai's games outside of just Kirby and Smash um you can kind of see his style of game development and like his the like what he does and I feel like Kirby's Air Ride kind of shows a lot of him in that game and i mean for the time i feel like this was a i i i struggle to say ahead of its time i just feel like it was very different than what other types of like racing slash i don't know what other category you put this in like party game maybe um type of game that was being made at the time but i know other people seem to have also very passionate opinions about this so take it away Jacob, I'll let you go first. <laughs> uh, city race or city? Yeah, city races. City trials. 
Didn't trials, thank you. Uh, ten minutes, gather your your best items for a cart and compete in a one minute mini game. I think that, although structurally, I I have maybe some issues about like ten minutes of gathering for like at times ten seconds of gameplay. But uh, like you said, Brendan, um, uh, I think that I see Sakurai, like I see subspace emissary here mm-hmm. in this game. Yeah. Uh, just in that game mode. So I was also the person who would be like, come to my house and play Halo, but also we're going to play Custom Robo, Strikers, Mario Baseball, and mm-hmm. all of the other great party games that were on the GameCube. So, nah. That's what you have to do. You have to sneak them in. Like, listen, yeah, we'll play some Halo, but first we're going to also play, you know, Godzilla Battle for All Monsters Melee, whatever that was. That was a great slept on GameCube game. Just them yeah. uh-huh. in there. Yeah. Grab it yeah, by the right. by the handle Godzilla and just shove it in their faces. Yeah, destroy all monsters melee. That was the name of the title. Um, yeah, Air Ride was one of my favorite GameCube games. Uh, it, there's never been a racing game like it. It's been almost 20 years since that game came out. Where is my sequel to Kirby Air Ride? Sakurai, I know you're done with Smash. Make make another Air Ride. Bring it to us on the Switch because like like Jacob's right. Like. City Trial was hit or miss depending on what you got afterwards. But the the moment where you're riding around on a warp star through this giant city, just collecting whatever you can and smashing into other people, and like it was just the best. And like even the straight up race modes were fun. And like they've never done anything like that with Kirby again. And like I'm gonna say this here on record. I think this is a better racing game than Double Dash. And I love Double Dash, but I love this game more. Uh, I just yeah, ruined, I, I just killed Jacob. I don't I don't know if I'm going to comment on that. I will say Kirby's Air Ride is one of the few games where it lives in my brain in such a happy place, yeah. such a good warm place. I am very hesitant to play that game now because That's I fair. don't want to know if it doesn't hold up. I would rather it stay in my brain as this lovely thing and have those memories and they just live there flying around in my head on a warp star stay there um I, i'm nervous i don't want because i uh, for a lot of these games especially the ones i haven't played but something like air ride which i haven't played in so long i watched videos on it um this week and i was like oh man i don't know if this game is good now like i i don't know um morgan any any thoughts on air ride is this a game of import to you uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of GameCube games. Um, I think I had more GameCube games going growing up than I did uh, N64 games for whatever reason. Um, and Kirby Air Ride was one of them. Played that a lot. It is definitely a party game. Um, I remember too, like GameCube games, they had a lot of party GameCube games mm-hmm. uh, like in that era. And yeah, it's just something special about Air Ride. It's charming. It's adorable. Like you feel happy when you play it. There's just something so friendly about it that just mm-hmm. compels me to like go back in. And I like went between like that was my happy game to play after Luigi's Mansion because I do like <laughs> Luigi's Mansion, Kirby, and then Luigi's Mansion, Kirby. And it's just it's and I get what you're saying, Brennan, about like looking back at it with like rose colored glasses. Like I wonder if I would like it as much now as I did as a kid. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's it's got a special place in my heart for sure. Yeah, same. That that was like of all of the GameCube games where I had to convince people to play with me. That was probably the one that was like the hardest to convince people to be like, no, no, let's let's do this. We we'll have fun. I promise. And th- we always had fun, but it was like a chore to get people to, you know, Godzilla is one thing. You're you're smashing things. You know, Smash is you don't have to convince anyone to play Smash. Mario Kart kind of the same, but like 
custom robo or this or you know donkey conga let's play listen i will go down on those bongos no problem like i'm 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 all about donkey conga doing jungle beat yeah donkey conga yes uh that brings us to kirby's first metroidvania kirby in the amazing mirror the Game Boy Advance, uh, released on October 18th, 2004, a game I have not played. It is part of the Ambassador program on my DS, my 3DS. I do have this game. I have never played this game. Does anyone have thoughts on The Amazing Mirror? I, I will just say I revisited it recently uh, when I was doing my, like, revisit of the Kirby games I had access to, mm-hmm. and it has not aged well. I remember loving it as a kid, but, like, there's no map uh, except when you go to, like, a certain location and, like, you travel through these mirrors, and it's just... It looks gorgeous. You can summon other Kirbys to help you um, way before Kirby Mass Attack, but, like, it's just, it, it's not a good Metroidvania. And I'm also kind of a Metroidvania snob on a level because I love, as mm. your listeners know, Metro, a Metroidvania or two. And so, yeah, it's just, I don't think it's aged well. I think if they remade it with like a good map system and a way to mark the map, it could be a lot of fun. But, but yeah, it doesn't, it definitely doesn't hold up on any level. So it, it needs the Metroid Zero Mission treatment. It, need, it yes, needs the, the Samus Returns treatment. Yeah, for sure. Anyone else for The Amazing Mirror? Um, All right. We are getting close to the hour, and I don't want to keep everyone here too long. So for some of these, if we don't have strong opinions either way, we can kind of move through. That brings us to Kirby and the Canvas Curse for the Nintendo DS, June thirteenth, two 2005. I want to make a quick note here and say that what I appreciate about Kirby is he's always used in an experimental way, and Mm -hmm. the little guy is very malleable from a gameplay sense. This game is cool. It's novel. I don't necessarily think it's something that I would recommend anyone play the entire way through. But if there's a way that you can touch this game or Rainbow Curse for the Wii U, I would highly encourage it because it's it's super unique and interesting. You draw a path for Kirby and make your way through stages that way. That brings us to Kirby Squeak Squad for the Nintendo DS, December 4th, 2006, a game I have not played. I don't know if anyone has any thoughts on this one, or we can skirt through. It's pretty much just a standard Kirby game This where you hunt treasures. It, there, there was not much unique to this like everything else. It kind of just was, it's a Kirby game. All right, let's move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirby Superstar Ultra for the Nintendo DS, which was a re-release or retelling of Superstar. I don't know if it added anything differently. Um, or if anyone has anything fond to say about this this re-release or not. I'll take that as we can move on to Kirby's Epic Yarn for the Wii from October 17th, 2010. This is a game that I love the art style, and I like what they did with the different type of mechanics. I don't really like this game, though, unfortunately. It's an imperfect game. It was meant to be a Prince Fluff vehicle who's the second character the second player mm-hmm. um and then ended up getting turned into a kirby game i love the art style fun fact first time kirby ever turned into a car way before mouthful mode i uh, turned into a car in that game but yeah i i agree with you brendan i really love it mm-hmm. but I, I like your ta- discussion of air ride i think i love it back here in my brain 
I don't know that, and I know that the 3DS port of it is god awful. I've heard so, like, I think I just I'm happy to for it to live back here somewhere and not ever replay it. But I yeah. don't know. Uh, that pushes us forward to Kirby Mass Attack for the Nintendo DS, September nineteenth, two thousand eleven. Anyone have thoughts on Mass Attack? Kirby's Return to Dreamland on the Wii in October twenty fourth, two thousand eleven. Which I believe that is the remake of the first game, correct? Okay. Anyone have anything to say about this? It's I fine if we don't. Quick about yeah. Mass Attack. Uh, I Get recently played Mass Attack for about thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. It's very much like halfway between Local Roco and Patapon. So, uh, oh, cool okay. little game, a little different. Uh, we then get Kirby's Dream Collection for the Wii, September 16, 2012. I do own this. This is just a Kirby collection. Uh, it does have, I believe it has like a museum mode and stuff. Like it has some interesting other additional things in there. I think it may have also came with like a, a an album that has Kirby music on it and stuff. And three um, episodes of the anime as well, I think. Oh, okay. Kirby right back at you. Right? That's the name of it? Kirby right back at you? Yeah. Kirby, Kirby, uh, Kirby. <laughs> Kirby Triple Deluxe for the Nintendo 3DS for May 2nd, 2014. Um, I love this game. This is like one of my favorite Kirby games. I think this is like up there for me as as a top Kirby game. I haven't replayed it since it came out. I did, I'm pretty sure, 100% it when it came out. Um, but I, I love this game so much. It was just, I thought it had good use of the, the DS. I had good use of like the kind of the foreground and background you get to jump between the two a lot in different platforming sections i thought it had you know good level design and good secrets and stuff like that i like the power-ups in the game this to me is is a very very good kind of base kirby platformer i'm a big fan of this one i don't know if anyone else has thoughts on this i mean i agree with you i loved it i thought it was just a solid kirby game which Mm -hmm. is what we got a lot of in this era just like solid kirby games that Mm -hmm do Kirby, let Kirby do what he does best, kind of, you know, side-scrolling yeah. action platformer. I, I think that era of the 3DS had a lot of just good Nintendo, like, platformers in general. Like, I I, I know this is a kind of controversial take. I liked Super Mario, uh, New Super Mario Bros. 2, the one with all the gold coins. I liked that game. I think a lot of people don't like that game. Um, I also love Super Mario 3D Land. I think that's, like a very much slept on Mario game and one of the best Mario games. Um, and I love 3d world, but like you wouldn't have 3d world without 3d land. So, you know, let's just be honest, call it what it is. Um, that brings us to, unless anyone else has triple deluxe Kirby in the rainbow curse for the Wii U February 20th, 2015, which Jacob had alluded to. If you haven't played canvas curse, rainbow curse is, uh, the, the successor to that game. It's the similar style of, of, gameplay where you're drawing uh uh, rainbow ropes or something you're you're drawing rainbow bridges for kirby to move around on yeah that's going to be one of the few games that is going to stick on the wii u i mean i think game and wario that game and maybe one or two others that are going to stay on that platform and never make their way to the switch i think for obvious reasons yeah unfortunately that's probably the case um this next game, I think for a lot of people, is a top tier, if not one of the best Kirby games. Um, this is Kirby Planet Robobot from the Nintendo 3DS, which released on June 10th, 2016. I know at least Matt loved this game. I don't know if anyone else has fond thoughts or, or negative thoughts about Planet Robobot. 
I mean, if if no one else does, it's not. I mean, so if you follow me on Twitter, very recently I posted a ton of screenshots about this game. Um, mm-hmm. Friend of all pods and all gaming sites, the incredible Rebecca Valentine. When I posted that I'd never played this game, the shock and horror that Reb had, knowing that I love Kirby, and Reb was like, "Matt, you have to, you have to play this game." And for listeners of this show, you'll remember when we were talking about Metroid. I didn't play Samus Returns until like three months or two months before Dread came out and fell in love with that remake. And I bought it digitally on my 3DS and I did the exact same thing with Robobot. I uh, bought it a couple months before the new Kirby game came out. I started it and fell. I couldn't put it down. I fell in love with it. It is one of the best designed Kirby games ever made. And the reason that is, is because they give Kirby a mech, which you think, okay, cheesy, stupid, you know you add a mech to something like why but the mech can also copy abilities and is also a transformer when you eat a wheelie you become a motorcycle and do a driving stage when you eat jet one of the newer abilities you become a plane and do a side-scrolling shooter stage and none of them overstay their welcome they are all perfectly timed and bite-sized and the story is really compelling um it's one of the most beautiful looking games on the 3ds i i cannot hype this game enough it is one of my top three kirby games of all time uh and and if you are still sleeping on it and have a 3ds before that eShop dies go buy this game just absolutely go buy it and play it do you think this has a potential to get ported to the switch or does it i don't does it rely on the touchscreen a lot i don't not really just to store items uh, health Mm -hmm. items i would love for it to get a port i don't think it will that's fair anyone else anything to add for robot that brings us to a game we can probably skip, which is Kirby's e- Extra Epic Yarn for the Nintendo 3DS, which was re uh, released uh, on March 8th, 2019. Uh, and then that brings us to, well, I guess before we get to Kirby in the Forgotten Land, there were a lot of Kirby games that I didn't add to this timeline. I don't know if anyone has anything to say about any of them. A lot of these are free-to-play, downloadable games. Um, so if there are any that are important to anybody or worth mentioning, this would be the time to do that. I figured none of them were really that special. At least I never thought so, but I could be. Has anyone wrong. played Star Allies? I know that's like a full-fledged Wait, did game. Did I skip Star Allies? Yeah. That's it, though. Oh, Star Allies came out before Extra Epic Yarn. I apologize. Yes. I, I, it's on my list, and I didn't read it. Um, have you played Star Allies, Jake? No, no. I, I think that I've got a couple games on Switch to pick up, and that's one of them. Uh, okay. It seemed to me again, like uh, for a couple for for some years, Kirby was just doing like spin. Uh, Robobot's different, but I think from Triple Deluxe on, it's a lot of like the main games were very samey. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad they did what they did with Forgotten Land because I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't that excited for the game until we got about two weeks out, and I was like, oh, I'm about to buy a Kirby game day one. Let's go. Uh. Morgan, have is Star Allies something you've spent time with? I feel like it has, unless I'm just lying. It's among the games that I have spent a little less time with than my son has. So okay. he's done a lot of Star Allies. Um, he's done a lot of Super Kirby Clash, you know, Kirby Fighters. So any of those like recent ones that are on the Switch that he's been kind of playing around with. And, you know, Star Allies is a decent game. I don't think it's my favorite like Kirby game. It's definitely not my least favorite. I would say it's just, you know, it's pretty balanced and fun. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, the thing Fair. the thing about Star Allies is that it's got multiplayer, but only local, which is dumb. It should have online play, uh, but also they've released free updates over time. 
adding characters from Kirby's history, including the Animal Friends, including Gooey, including like DDD and Bandana D and Meta Knight. And you can play as all of these different Kirby characters in a side-scrolling Kirby game multiplayer with up to four players, which mm-hmm. is what makes Star Allies interesting. Unfortunately, without the online play, I think that's what kind of sunk it because people didn't really want... Nobody was playing local, especially, you know, in the later, you know, the early days of the Switch, which didn't have great, you know, online or local co-op games. So mm-hmm. it was like kind of just this island, I think, that a lot of people didn't play. Yeah. It just... It's a game that I now do own because I picked it up recently on a on a sale. Um, I haven't played it yet, though, because I just I knew Forgotten Land was coming and this was not going to be a game that was going to rival that in any way, in my opinion, just based on what I the very little I know about Star Allies or what I've watched or seen. Um, but that brings us to the most recent Kirby game, which is Kirby in the Forgotten Land. I know, Morgan, you had reviewed it for Shack News. Um, I think at the bare minimum, we've all had a chance to play some of this game. I don't think we've all finished it, but we've all had to sink some time. I'm on World 4. I, I'm slow with Kirby because I'm also trying to like 100% it as I go. So I'm like going back into levels and like completing the missions, which for me, the that little extra mission thing that's there that you don't know what the like things are but they're there and if you beat a level without doing it it will reveal i think it only reveals one of them if you miss more than one um for games like this that usually have that type of like secrets and collect collectible things that make you go back to play again i like this little kind of nudge with the secret missions because i feel like it gives me more of a reason to immediately go back and and look for stuff and, and play again um but my goodness is this game not not perfect well i mean like could be perfect like it in, i want to finish it first but like there are very few problems i have with this game like i i am adoring this game so much um whoever wants to take it away for this lovely game i feel like we're all being polite <laughs> <laughs> there, this is a no rip each other's heads off uh i'll go first just so i can shut up and other people can talk that aren't me uh i agree with you brent i think that it's it could be one of the best kirby games ever made uh Mm -hmm. it's definitely the most gorgeous kirby game i've ever seen i'm constantly taking screenshots um it has innovations and i guess if you don't want to hear any mechanical i'm not going to spoil any story though that's not really a thing you can really do in kirby games anyway but i'm going to mechanical spoil some mechanics a little bit but like the fact that you can upgrade your copy abilities for the first time the fact that the waddle d's are your friends and there's a town um there's a dedicated wave button that when you're in town with the waddle d's if you press up on the d-pad kirby waves and they wave back and it's the cutest goddamn thing I've ever seen. Um, also, if you use a power by accident on a Waddle D, they dramatically like fall over like they're dead. And it freaked me out the first time I did it. But then they pop up and they wave. And I'm like, God damn it. That's not nice. Don't do that. Um, but yeah, it's I haven't I just unlocked the fishing, but haven't started it yet. I'm sure I'm gonna lose a ton of time to that. But like all of the mini games are there are a bunch of mini games here. You know, there is a gachapon machine, which I'm already addicted to. Fun fact, if you examine your little reward, your little gachapon, Kirby's like sitting at the table, just kind of like peeking at it, which is adorable as well. It's one of the cutest goddamn games I've ever played and easily what I wanted out of a 3D Kirby game. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't finished it yet. I think I'm in the same place Brendan is. I think I'm in World 4 because I, too, am trying to 100% it as I go, which is foolish, and yet here we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love it. I think it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. Morgan, I feel like you probably have a lot to say about this game, so you should you should take the, the mantle here. Um, so I have finished it. Uh, I've played it for review. Um, yeah, it is the best Kirby game I've ever played. It just immediately pulls you in. The, the cutscenes are so pretty. Mm-hmm. Like they're like some of my favorite cutscenes just on the Switch in general. Like they're just really beautiful. And it's this like epic adventure thing. I think Elflin as a new character is like absolutely adorable. Love, love that. Um, like the the town, you're like unlocking minigames, so it motivates you to collect those Waddle Dees. Like in addition to like those missions, it's like, okay, if you collect this many Waddle Dees, you can unlock this thing in the town. And so it motivates you to do that. You also have to collect them to unlock the boss battle. So the game just has these natural things where it's and you don't feel forced to, to do it. It just feels like a natural everything works together is integrated. The same with like the treasure road stages, because those mm-hmm give you the opportunity to test out the copy abilities in like a really fun and engaging way. It's like its own little mini game for those copy abilities. And they get harder and harder as you go along as you upgrade your copy abilities. And so that's integrated really well because you need to play those to get the stars to upgrade the copy abilities. Mm -hmm. So it just, it just, everything works so perfectly. And I love all of the little details, like the waving and the callbacks, like, Sorry for the noise. Okay. I have my window open. Um, like the callbacks to Tilt and Tumble with the Tilt and Roll Kirby minigame. And just like the little like gems hidden in there. And like if you get the fire copy ability and you launch it at Kirby's fireplace, it'll light up. So there's like little secrets in the game too that you just want to play around and mess around with. And the copy abilities are so good. They're so, so, so good. They're so well integrated. None of them feel bad. I love playing around with all of them. Um, yeah, just it's a really, really good game, and my son loves it, so that's automatically like ten out of ten. He loves the game, so that's yeah. Good. Jacob, what about you? How are you feeling about Kirby in the Forgotten Land? Yeah, so I'm in, I'm at World Three, the boss of World Three, and I think I don't want to repeat anything anyone said, but I think that there's a few things that I'll remember is the. Uh, kind of epic camera swings when Kirby is just running alone through this kind of desolate, uh, these desolate worlds, and the, the camera just kind of pans up and just watches him run. Uh, the scale of the bosses is something that you know we've obviously never seen in a um, in a Kirby game. And then there's a there's a twist on a lot of the classic Kirby bosses without spoiling the game uh, that I thought was really really cool and neat. Um, I've been not engaged with the co-op mode. Uh, I, I don't know, Morgan, if you have. My understanding is that it's uh, kind of like the original Kirby games or like the the earlier Kirby games where the second player doesn't have the same uh, abilities that Kirby does where you almost relegate them to, okay, this is your power and they get to accompany you on on the trip, but you are clearly a player one. Uh, is that is that accurate? Yeah, so with co-op, player two gets to play as Bandana Waddle Dee. Um, Bandana Waddle Dee just has his spear, and that's it. There's no Malfa mode, there's no copy abilities. Um, in my review, I mentioned that, like, it would kind of be nice if player two could have access to those, just for, like, me playing with my son. My son does not want to give up the role of Kirby, so I get Bandana Waddle Dee, which is fine. But he also doesn't want to attack enemies as Kirby, so... I have to attack them with just the spear. So like there's boss battles where I'm just whacking at the boss and he's just running around in the background. 
and it's it's fun it's really well integrated but yeah it's like player one is definitely player one like if they go far enough ahead banana waddle dee will warp over to their location and so it is like that but i think it's cool it's fun and also with the mini games co-op is integrated you can play the cafe mini game together you can accidentally like squish them against each other too in the mini game which is kind of funny and they can fish with you so yeah co-op is really good awesome yeah probably like my third favorite core kirby game uh of all time and then air ride is on its whole other pedestal yeah that's fair uh yeah i'm I'm loving it i it's it's my i like i don't want to rush through the game because it's such great comfort food for me right now so it's just like that game where all right cool i'm gonna lay in bed and like play some kirby throw my headphones on because the music is phenomenal um and i will say too to kind of like bring together what everyone's been saying is now sakurai didn't work on this game but it feels like all of the things that kirby has tried to like kind of do throughout the year or play around with experiment with this is like the culmination of a lot of those ideas coming together and being realized um to the point where it it does feel like it takes a lot of like sakurai's ideas in kind of just game development philosophies and imparts them into this game um with him up with with him not being there, um, which is good to see that there are a lot of other people kind of taking the mantle at Nintendo for a lot of these, you know, legendary franchises, because it's the same thing with, you know, I personally love Super Mario Odyssey. I think it's a fantastic game, but it's not a game that like Miyamoto is working on. It's a game that other people have taken over, like making Mario games and to see them sort of have this new generation of developers and people in charge kind of taking these great games and continuing to, you know, do things with them that made them so great, but also adding so much more that makes them even better. Um, and Kirby, I feel like has, has gotten that treatment. Um, the switch has been really good for a lot of Nintendo franchises. It has done a lot for a lot of really great, great series. I will say that. I have a bad joke. Would you say it feel good? anyone anyone bueller they developed epic yarn just me yeah, thanks i'm good. gonna go now yeah. bye <laughs> good, good job all right um, thank you the only other thing i'll add to is the like while people were like mouthful mode does nintendo know what they're doing like they do because when i was talking about robobot and a few others like every time kirby the designers of kirby games introduce a new mechanic like in mario games some of them have felt like look i i actually genuinely do like sunshine i want to spend more time with it i remember being iffy on it but like flood is a strange mechanic that didn't mm -hmm. always work but every time kirby does something like that like robobot giving him a mech here with mouthful mode it fits seamlessly into the game the puzzle solving when i'm car kirby and i'm racing to unlock waddledies it feels so much fun yeah um like i love that about the kirby game specifically it, i feel like not a lot of other franchises when you give like, I loved the new Luigi's Mansion. I actually think it's the best game in the series. But I do think some of the gimmicks and mechanics were weird, and you had to kind of wrap your brain around. Never, so far, far four worlds in, every time I go mouthful mode with a different weird thing, it always feels fun. It always feels good. It never feels forced. Like, And I think that's really, truly uh, the most amazing thing about this game, that it's just it innovates this franchise that continues to innovate and makes me excited for whatever the hell comes next, because what other things could they possibly do? You know, 
I'm just going to clip you out later and edit it together when you said that you think it feels good when Kirby goes mouthful mode. So I'm just going to let you know. Let you know. Thank you. No, please literally clip it out and tweet it and tag me in it. I will just retweet it. It's fine. Um, But yeah, I mean, what a high note for the series. I think this is like very, very, very strong game. Like, if not the best Kirby game, um, I think this is going to be something that people kind of look back on and remember and have fond memories of for a long time. Um, with that being said, does anyone have future hopes for Kirby? What you'd like to see next? A spinoff of some sort, a sequel to something you love, a, just a sequel to Forgotten Land? Morgan? Sure. Uh, um, definitely want to see a sequel to Forgotten Land. I definitely think that that's going to happen, so it's less of like a wish. But I would like to see a truly open-world Kirby game. I think that mm. that would be kind of interesting where you have just Kirby and then you just let him go. I think it would be an interesting thing for them to try. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. Brill, uh, bring back Tilt and Tumble on mobile. Yes. So I can practice with it. What about you, Matt? So, I mean, I think I said this already, and I think I've got the power of everyone on this call behind me, but we need an air ride too, or just a new air ride. Like mm-hmm. I just, I, and I'm like, I'm not even being facetious here. I think like Nintendo's Nintendo's bringing back super Mario strikers, like a series we thought was long dead. Like I, as a fan of Metroid thought dread didn't exist and was dead in the water. And now I have a brand new side scrolling Metroid game which means that I may get eventually another one, hopefully not after 19 years, hopefully sooner, but like this generation of Nintendo and the kind of risk they're taking with the Switch, I feel like there's never been a better time to do Air Ride. Imagine flying Kirby in handheld mode, steering with the with the, the Switch. Like I just, I think it, it's kind of a no-brainer. I feel like it was lost to time, but I would really love an Air Ride 2 or a new Air Ride or an Air Ride remake. Like, I think there's so many cool things you could do. At the bare minimum, if Kirby isn't a downloadable character or in the roster for the next Mario Kart game, just riding yeah. a Warp what Star. Are we like, doing? You, yeah, exactly. What are we doing? Exactly. Yeah. What about you, Jacob? I mean, Kirby Air Ride 2 is my answer, so let me throw yeah, out something fine. different. Okay. I would love a Kirby Superstar 2. Uh, that maybe uh, is brings it back to the old Kirby formula. Like, even if you want to go back to 2D, but I just want it to be jam-packed full of content. Like, mm-hmm. hey, 10 games. Don't crunch, please. 12 games. Uh, <laughs> but if I had to pick one, it'd be Air Ride 2 as well. Yeah. I, I love all of these. I want all of these. And to keep it a different answer, I will say this. And this is going to be a little bit of a cheat, too. Give us either one of two things a new kirby pinball or a nintendo pinball collection and give me kirby pinball metroid pinball pokemon pinball mario pinball that's what we need well done well done yeah. world needs it smart the world needs it smart let's do it um i'll pay for it i'll, I'll buy 60 60 of that i don't know i don't know just buy Sakurai uh, uh, something and maybe he'll buy him a nap. Can you buy him a nap? And then maybe he'll make this for you. I will set up a GoFundMe after this for Sakurai naps. Uh, Set up Kofi, but for naps, please. Yes. Nappy. It's happening. (laughs) Our game, this is just me being stupid and and, and, and I have no idea what I'm talking about. Are games $60 in Canada or are they more expensive? 
they are eighty dollars. Uh, sorry, they're the Switch games are sixty nine ninety nine, which actually, depending on where the conversion is at, is about equal. Sometimes okay. it's a little less, sometimes it's a little more. But then we have taxes here, which are much higher than most U.S. taxes. So sometimes a video game can cost a hundred dollars Canadian, but that's for another podcast entirely. Wow! Wow! So Kirby: The Forgotten Land is a, is a good game for you to purchase that day one because it cost you seven hundred Canadian dollar dues. Yes, exactly. What... Precisely. Horizon cost me one hundred dollars even, so one hundred and one dollars. So anyway, interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can move to Canada. I'm not Canadian. Everyone thinks I'm Canadian. I don't know why. Um, so we can do one of two things, and there is no pressure here because we are a little bit over the hour. We can end here and everyone can plug, or we can end how we have been ending the podcast, which is a quick game we call What's in the Box. If we don't have the time, that is totally fine. We can end the podcast here. I'm wanna... good for What's in the Box if others are. I don't want to keep it in mind. I know Jacob has to drive. I'm not sure if Morgan is needs a hard out, so I don't I don't want to keep any I don't want to keep anyone here. So Jacob, it is on you. Do not feel bad if you need to go. I need to be a big jerk and and say nope. I think we need to end here. Be the big jerk. That's fine. Can I just say what's in the box in in uh, in the way that we say it in, from the movies? What's in the box? <laughs> Sorry. What guys, we'll have to time. do is at some point, whether together or separately, have everyone back on, and we will we will do. What's in the box? Double what's in the box. We'll, we'll, we will double it. We will double it. We'll do it for Horizon Forbidden West spoiler cast. I'm not going to play that game. I'm sorry. I won't do it. I'll play it for you. I'll play it for you. Um, but everyone, please plug all the things. Uh, Jacob, since you are new and need to go plug yourself, your things, whatever you need to plug, do your thing. Um, uh, you can find me on all major social media platforms at Jacob Accord, J-A-C-O-B-M-C-C-O-U-R-T. I've been making daily TikToks, which as a 33-year-old man is definitely interesting territory that I could do a whole podcast about. Uncharted for sure, and not in the, uh, in the Sony sense. Uh, I host two podcasts, The Left Behind Game Club. It's a bi-weekly video game movie pod, uh, video game book club podcast that is positive, informative, and uh, sometimes funny. And then I host a seasonal show called Cutscenes. It's about video game movies and TV. Thank you for having me. Lovely to have you, Matt. Uh, I'll give the short, short version or we'll be here for three years. Uh, so uh, you can find everything that I do at djstormageddon.com. has my Kofi, my merch store, all of the podcasts that I either host or produce. Um, I will plug my uh, video game podcast, one of my video game podcasts, Fun and Games, which is me and my co-host Jeff Moonen talking about the games industry, certain franchises, things we love, you know, uh, interviewing developers, social media managers, other podcasters. And then I have a sub-series within that series that both Jacob and Brendan have done and that someday I will definitely get Morgan to do as well, which is called Side Quests. It is a series where you, where the host, which is just one person, talks about game they love and why they love it for like five to 15 minutes. Jacob has done episodes on Kirby Superstar and Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Brendan has done episodes on The Messenger and Super Mario Brothers 3. And uh, yeah, it's a fun time. It's it's my way of putting positivity about gaming back into the gaming space. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but like Twitter can be a little negative sometimes. Gamers can be a little rough. Yeah, I know what. So uh, this was my kind of way of like supporting the gamers that I adore. Uh, and you don't have to be a podcaster if you're listening to this and you just have a microphone, but you've never podcasted before. Reach out to me. Uh, I'm DJ underscore Stormageddon on most social media platforms. So yeah, come find me. 
Uh, and real quick, where, where, what podcast feed is the episode for Kirby that Jacob was on going to be? Oh, yes. And that's right. I forgot. I, I think I mentioned before. I don't know. Time's a lake. Uh, Jacob is the guest on Fun and Games uh, podcast episode where we did a Kirby retrospective. And that will be out the Friday of PAX East on the 22nd. Uh, we've already recorded it, but we have a bit of a backlog. And you can just, if you look up Fun and Games podcast or Fun and Games with Matt and Jeff, you will find it on every podcast platform. Love it. And Morgan, plug all of the things. Um, I don't have many things. Um, so you can find my writing at uh, Shack News, cover a whole bunch of things. I have a Kirby review up there. I have a Kirby feature where I talk about playing with my son. So all kinds of things. And, uh, you know, follow all the Tetris social media channels. You know, hopefully some new memes coming soon. Just got to, you know, whip them up. Uh, and uh, you can also follow me on Twitter if you want to just see weird stuff all the time. It's at author underscore M Shaver. So yeah love it and again thank all three of you so so much for coming on this was a pleasure this is a blast i'm sorry i went a little bit over an hour uh i owe you an, a nappy now too jacob i'm gonna i'm gonna send you a nappy i'm gonna make that you and sacker will be my first nappies uh you can find everything we do at passcontroller.io you can find me at big room and until next time